Attention all you rule breakers, you misfits and troublemakers, all you free spirits and pioneers, all you visionaries and nonconformists. Everything the establishment has told you is wrong with you is actually what's right with you. You see things others don't. You are hardwired to change the world. You are listening to the Spiritual Activist Radio Show, and I am Rahasia Uncensored where we look at the world not as it is, but as we know it can be, if and only if we have the courage to question the answers we've been given. This is our world, and it's time for us to take it back. Hello, and this is Rahasi Uncensored on the BBS Radio channel, which is bbsradio.com forward slash spiritual activist. I'm also on Rumble. Rumble.com forward slash user forward slash Rahasia Uncensored. Uh, you're probably not going to find anything meaningful too much in the past couple of years on YouTube because I, I can't put anything there anymore because I, I have too many strikes. Uh, probably I need to start putting some uh, quick little videos up there uh, bringing people over to my new channel because I'm basically starting from zero again. After, you know, what, 15, 16, 17 years of being on YouTube, building up a pretty good following, and uh, I could put something up and get 50,000 views pretty quick, And but now I'm starting from scratch, and you know what, I don't even care, because the people that's listening to me now are the people I want to listen to me, I've given up trying to convince people, uh, because if you don't know by now what's going on, there's nothing I can say or anybody else could say to break you out of your cognitive dissonance and break through your confirmation bias filters. Um, I, I think this gets down to letting the dead bury the dead. And uh, the reason for spiritual activists is because faith without work is also dead. And I think if you want to know... I. Keep in mind, I'm not a religious person, especially like uh, organized fundamental religion. I think that's been hijacked probably around 325 AD, for those of you that knows what I'm talking about. Uh, But there are, I don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. There is a lot of really good pearls in there. And if, if you want to see what's happening right now, Start reading the last book, Revelations, Uh, because we are in a war. But like it says in there, this war is not going to be with flesh and blood. It's going to be with principalities, interdimensional entities, basically. And I I think we all need to come to grips with that, because we're into a realm now that is far beyond our human understanding. Matter of fact, there's so much going on that's non-human. You have to almost be a little bit... I hate to use derogatory terms like idiot or moron, but you you have to at least be mentally challenged to the max not to see that there has to be non-human uh, entities involved in what's going on right now. And it's coming out. Uh, for those of us that still have a little bit of frontal lobe activity left, uh, we're starting to figure this out. And you you can go back in time. Go to my Rumble channel, and I think I also have it on my BBS channel. Look at parts one through five about Wetiko. That explains a little bit, and I'm hearing people more and more. Uh, Listen to David Icke, what he says about Wetiko. You can catch him on band.video. And uh, right now we're going to listen to something because I admire David Icke because he has a way of taking you down this pathway that um, goes beyond words. And that's difficult to do. It's difficult to do the mental gymnastics necessary to sneak up behind the filtering process that people have on from being indoctrinated. And I I looked at several of his, um, I had dinner with him. My wife and I had dinner with David few years back, and he told me at the dinner table, he says, look, if you, if you want to do the research out there and find out what's going on, you have to start out from this premise. Everything you've ever been told is a lie. 
Now, at that point, you start trying to find little kernels of truth here and there, but what your professors and teachers and parents and well-meaning as they might be, and even gurus, although I, you know what, I'm going to play that, what Eckhart Tolle uh, just told Russell Brand, I'll have to play that for you. It's it's worth listening to. And the reason I'm doing it this way, um, one, I, I live out in the middle of a forest. I'm on uh, Skylink right now. I can't do in-person interviews on Zoom because it keeps breaking off. They have to put some more satellites up there. Whether that's a good thing or bad thing, I, I still am trying to figure that out myself. But... Um, Right now we're dancing with the devil, but the best I can do is I'm scouring the internet and getting some of the best uh, videos and interactions I can possibly get. This is David Icke with Sasha Stone, which is, he's really great. He's in uh, South Africa, and um, these guys know Credo Mukwa. If you don't know who that guy was, he's a shaman priest with an academic background. We'll have to do a show on him sometime. It's pretty interesting what happened to him when he was around 10 years old. He was captured by reptilians and taken down underground. And I won't even say what they did to him from there. We'll have to make that uh, more appropriate for adults. There might be children listening. It's funny too, because I, I downloaded some of the books that they're reading in public libraries and in third grade classes, and I can't show it on the internet. It's so ridiculously pornographic. I mean, they're they're showing small children, uh, and they're trying to get it into the, to the first grade, showing small children how to give jobs, and uh, I I don't even know what to say to that. Like some of these people, when you argue with them, which I try not to do anymore, because I I can argue with a person. If I tell you two plus two equals four, and you say, no, 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 it equals five. Well, I can get some children's blocks, put two blocks here, two blocks here, and go, look, one, two, three, four. Uh, You know, argument, I could win that. But if I say two plus two equals four, and you say, no, 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 it's blue. How do I respond to that? And that's how ridiculously things have become out there in the world of verbal interactions, uh, which is another reason why I, I'm just, at this point, I like walking my dog, getting a couple of goats. We have chickens. I have a killer garden. There's no neighbors. My nearest neighbor over here, he has a, a cattle ranch, a small cattle ranch. But I can walk my dog for miles and miles and miles and miles, which I did this morning. I, we went for a long walk. He's over here beside me right now. I, I should have named him Shadow. He's, he's always here. Uh, I, I don't even ever have to look for him. I just have to be careful not to step on him. He, he weighs 140 pounds, Rottweiler. And his name is Max. But he, he's my... Uh, I remember Mark Twain saying, the more I get to know my dog, the more I hate humans. I'm not quite there yet, but I can see where he's coming from. You know, right now we've we've gone through a lot. We we dropped our magazine, the Lotus Guide magazine, because I well the paper prices were going up and it was getting more and more difficult to write an article that had any social relevance. Um, I didn't know that we had thousands of genders. I thought there was only two the last time I went to school, but I don't know. (laughs) No, 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 no. There's many, 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 many genders. And all you have to do to be a a different gender is just say you are. Um, Apparently, these guys never look in the mirror, or or women never look in the mirror. Um, I, I, I should play a thing about the beauty pageant, too. Recently, they had a a women's beauty pageant, an obese guy. That actually, was an ugly guy. Uh, and I don't use that word derogatory, but let's face it. Uh, there's some things that has a, a quality of beauty or not beauty to it. Uh, he, he might even be a nice guy if, if he wasn't pretending like being a woman and 
take a beauty pageant where these women go in there, they, they spend a lot of time, you know, preparing and, you know, looking the best they can. Then a, a obese, ugly guy wins it. Uh, why aren't they speaking out? I don't, I don't know. But we're going to listen to this thing by David Icke. And David Icke is going to be talking a little bit about reincarnation because that's sort of what starts this. I just read his book, The Trap. And he's going to get into transhumanism, a little bit of reptilians, but the main crux of what he's saying is the fact that this is a simulation, almost exactly like in the Matrix. And when you listen to him, now keep in mind, a lot of scientists are on board with this. You know, Elon Musk says it's a billion to one that this is a prime organic reality. We're more than likely a simulation. And, and it's the kind of simulation that goes far, far, far beyond what we might sort of think about as far as a computer simulation. But when you start getting into this and you realize, oh, my God, yeah, it's, this explains a lot. Not everything. Nothing explains everything. Um, but I, I think you'll enjoy this. And it's, it's a little bit long, but um, these are things that I enjoy listening to. And I, I think you will, too. And uh, let's see what he has to say. Let's see. Let's get on here. I, I, and I, I looked at this reincarnation and I thought, um, well, I've seen enough evidence over the years to think, yes, there is such a thing. Um, but then the question is, well, why would anyone come back here? Right. And, and, and so I, um, I, I started looking deeper. And I, in the trap, I go into this in, um, uh, in, in, in detail, the things that happened to me when I was writing the book and how I came to certain conclusions. But for me, um, as I've been saying since just after the turn of the millennium, we live in a simulation. It's a technologically generated simulation. And I explained in the books over the years how it works. But, uh, but the thing is, this is, only, this is only one level of it. This, what we call the human world, the so-called physical, this is only one, 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 one level of it. There are other levels of this. And it seems to me that if consciousness does not leave the body in a high enough state of awareness, of perception, thus frequency, then it gets caught in the trap the reincarnation trap. And I found it interesting that if you look at the Eastern religions, um, <coughs> they talk about um, reincarnation and uh, how you have to keep coming in to learn lessons, to reach a state of enlightenment, to not have to be on the cycle of reincarnation. Anymore. Right. And um, I, I, I looked at that and I thought, well, hold on a second. Um, if you, if you project, um, the, uh, the the current mainstream, it's obviously wrong, but I mean, just as an example, the, the current projection of the size of the universe in mainstream science, then planet Earth is the equivalent of a billionth of a pinhead. So okay. I'm being asked to believe. Now keep that in mind, a billionth of a pinhead. <clears throat> if, we're, if we're basing our total understanding of who we are, where we came from, where we're going, and what reality is about, on the information contained within a billionth of a pinhead, and leaving out the whole other part of the universe, not even to mention the all the other dimensions and all the other frequencies of information, we're crazy. There's got to be more to it than the billionth of a pinhead that we have to keep reincarnating onto this billionth of a pinhead to learn lessons just so that we don't have to do it. But when I look at that, I, I do see how it symbolizes what I think is actually the situation. That if you take this planet to actually be a simulation, I'm not saying this planet doesn't exist elsewhere on other vibrational levels, I think it does. Um, but this is a, like a, if you like, a digital version of it, which is being fed to us. And funnily enough, I mentioned earlier in um, the sense of this 5G uh, technologically generated field being overlaid onto the field we were interacting with and, and do normally. Well, this simulation, another level of this, is, is basically the same principle. They've overlaid what I'll call prime reality 
with this simulated field of, uh, of information, the matrix, if you like, and tuned us to it. So right. we, we are experiencing and decoding and interacting with a fake field, believing it's real, when the real prime field exists beyond it. And so um, it seems to me that the, this reincarnation cycle, and I'm coming to the reptilian shape-shifting because this is the, just the background to it, um, is actually um, uh, what's going on. And that people get caught in this cycle because they can't vibrationally get out of the multi-leveled simulation. And you've got this old ancient um, uh, esoteric concept of the ring pass knot. Um, and that is that there is a almost like a bubble outside of a bubble that you can't get through unless you are a certain vibrational frequency, thus perception, thus awareness. And the idea of this um, simulation and that which is, uh, has created it and is um, driving it is to stop humanity getting to a state of consciousness where they can get through the ring pass knot. Now, this becomes very important when you start thinking about taking your last breath. If the most important thing you need to do is not what you've done, but to be as conscious and aware as possible. As you breathe in that last breath, and as you let it out, knowing that you will never breathe in again in this body, and follow that continuum of consciousness through these other realms, I really think that that is the key to having an eternal existence, is learning how to take that last conscious breath. If you have to be in prison for 40 years, or if you have to suffer, go through the fire, whatever, but to take that last breath has to be the most important thing. And whatever got you to that point has to be really important. But let's keep listening to him because there's, there's a lot of other things I want to play here. And this is, um, I would suggest, the real background to the um, Eastern concept of reincarnating onto, um, the, the, into this world to reach us a, a state of enlightenment so you don't have to keep reincarnating. Well, that state of enlightenment is that state of awareness that takes you through the ring pass knot so you can leave the multi-level um, simulation. So the next question is who's driving this simulation, who created the simulation? And, I, you know, I started talking about this just after the turn of the millennium. Um, and... Uh, I said just after the turn of the millennium, wrote it in books, that um, this is a simulation and the limits of the simulation are um, the speed of light. Speed of light is not the fastest speed. It's the limit of this level of the simulation. And then in um, the April, I think it was April of um, certainly the spring of 2021, Scientific American produced this article by an academic that said um, that he concluded that we live in a simulation. And so many um, others uh, in mainstream science are going the same way now. Um, and that um, the limit of the simulation, he said, was the speed of light, which I'd said just after the turn of the millennium. And he related, and I think rightly, the speed of light to the processing speed of the simulation. You know, I've been saying for, for years and years and years that actually what we call the laws of physics in this reality are the rules of the simulation. Right. When, you, when, you, when you write a simulated uh, virtual reality game, you are basically writing the laws of physics of the game by, by setting out the rules and the limits and the parameters. And this guy was talking about that as well and then said, well, and you, no matter how you write the rules, you're going to be restricted by the processing speed that you're dealing with. And he said, I think the um, speed of light is the processing speed. And other people like Rich Terrell at, uh, at NASA have uh, uh, come out um, some years ago and said that he has concluded that we live in a simulation and that it's a holographic simulation, which I've been talking about. And therefore, as he pointed out, if it's a simulation, 
It's had to be created by force. It's not a natural phenomenon. So, and this is the important part. What he's getting to here, like if this is a simulation, then what in the world uh, created this? And like I say, this is from Sasha Stone. Here's Sasha Stone here. Who created this? Was it gods or was it some mad scientist or was it something just totally beyond our understanding? Who's behind it? And then you, you, um, you, you look at all these stories of non-human all around the world, in the ancient world, etc., right up to present day of non-human entities manipulating human, human society. And it's these non-human entities that are behind the simulation and behind the manipulation of human society. And so when um, people talk about um, the, uh, the astral realms, what I might call the fourth dimension or whatever, and, and then they, they talk, and as I've written my books in, um, in a great length, about the way that these elite bloodlines and these elite groups um, do their satanic rituals and, and do their sacrifices to the gods. And the ancients sacrificing young virgins, um, symbolic of children. And what are they doing right now? You know, I, I know if, if I mention that uh, I'm pro-life, you know, if I'm pro-life, if I value life and I value the life of an unborn child, um, that seems to make sense to me. I mean, there, there are situations, and if I had to make a compromise, I'd say, okay, if if there is such a thing as an abortion, it should be within the first trimester, first three months or something. I mean, that can be debated, talked about, questioned. You know, where is the first heartbeat? But when you start looking into this, and we know now, as soon as the sperm enters the egg, there's a flash of light. Uh doesn't it seem like that might mean something? But the reason I am pro-life at this point, period, is because of all the late-term abortions, seven, eight, nine months, and even after the child is born, they're aborting children. I don't think they're aborting them right away. They're taking them away and say that they will dispose of them. I mean, it used to be we called that murder, but like many definitions, uh, pedophile, he's not a pedophile anymore. He's a minor attracted person, you know, because they changed it so we wouldn't hurt the pedophile's feelings or make him feel like he's a social outcast. Yeah, right. Well, he is a social outcast, if you ask me, and he deserves to have his feelings violated when he's ruining the, the whole lives of children. But back to the abortion thing, they're using these aborted babies, you know, eight, nine months and later after they're actually born, they're using them for body parts. And I hate to say it because it's just so ugly, but we need to start talking about this. Sacrifices. There's sacrifice selling these babies to high bidders for satanic rituals. I know that you can't get this YouTube, YouTube video anymore of Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves was beside himself and he made this YouTube. Fortunately, I downloaded it, so I still have it. He goes to his, uh, I don't know if it was his producer, or a producer's Hollywood party. And he's at the party, and he's seeing that all the people, the movie stars and you know directors and people, they're out walking around with little uh, bottles on their side of baby blood uh, because it, it's um, filled with baby blood that they terrorize these kids and uh, God, what do they call it? You already know what I'm talking about. It has a, a chemical in it that gets you high. Um, and he thought, wow, that's weird. Well, the producer of the party takes him, he says, Hey, Keanu, come here, come here. I've got to show you something. Takes him to the kitchen and opens a freezer and there's a baby in the freezer. And Keanu says, you know, I, I just being lost it. And I hit him as hard as I could and, and left he says, I, I didn't even know how to process that. These people are sick. And don't think for a second, if you're saying, oh, people wouldn't do this because I wouldn't do it. Well, yeah. Trust me, they will. And they do. And they are. And they have been. 
for many, 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 many centuries. Uh, these sacrifices of children have been happening all the time. The sacrifice of care at the Bohemian Grove that Alex Jones snuck in and took a video of, they're sacrificing a baby there. It's a, they said, no, it's not a real baby. It's just a doll baby. But do we really want politicians sacrificing uh, supposedly doll babies to get rid of their ability to care so they can spend the next year doing things that normally they wouldn't be able to do? Is that what we want? Is that the world that we're expecting to live in? I don't think so. To the gods. Well, who are these gods? And the, 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 the way that, you know, the synchronicity of my life has gone um, I, and, and, and the evidence that's been presented to me over the years, it seems to me that what this is the, basically the structure in the lower levels of this astral realm, fourth dimension, whatever you want to call it, these gods reside and they're operating on frequencies outside of the tiny band of frequency called visible light, which we can see. I mean, if people realize that how little of the space they're looking at they can actually see because of the, uh, the limitations of visible light and our ability to see they would then start to grasp how entities can exist which they can't see right. because they're outside of the visual limits of human sight, which is virtually everything that exists. And, it, and remember, it, it's crazy to think on this billionth of a pinhead that we're only seeing three dimensions and a small sliver of the electromagnetic scale that we know of. The, the electromagnetic scale that we know of is 0.005% of a larger section of the electromagnetic scale. And of that 0.005%, we're only looking at a tiny sliver of the light spectrum on a billionth of a pinhead of three dimensions. And we're deciphering that and saying, oh, I've come to a conclusion. <sighs> Are you kidding me? These, um, these uh, uh, entities that are operating on frequency levels outside human sight um, are driving this direction of human society. And they've set up this um, global cult, as I call it, um, which is multi-leveled and um, has a, a mission control and then many other levels to it going out into mainstream society to impose the will of these entities upon human society within the realm of visible light, the human world. And these um, uh, entities have created a particular um, network of bloodlines. You can go back to, you know, the, the... the sons of God who interbred with the daughters of men in the Bible and all these other different expressions in the ancient. Do you know that they can calculate, we can calculate who's going to be, at least up until Trump, who's going to be the next president based upon who is the closest bloodline to the monarchy. They, they know every time. Of how some non-human gods interbred with humans. And they created um, a hybrid bloodline, which is part human, so that's what we see, and part non-human, part an expression of the gods, uh, which take so often, uh, it seems, a reptilian form. You know, just real quick, like, um, went to a UFO convention two or three years ago. It's been three years ago now. And I talked to Dr. David Jacobs. Uh, he's written several books on abduction. Um, talked to Jacques Vallée, and they both told me when I asked them about interdimensional entities and beings and all that, and how they felt about that. Doctor Jacobs told me, he says it scares the hell out of me. He says because I have grandkids. He says my search used to be a lot of fun, but not anymore. He says it's it's no fun anymore because it it is getting to the point to where I'm starting to see the deeper and the darkness of what's going on on the planet. Uh, Jacques Vallée told me that if he was against the wall and had to say what we're being invaded by, he would say that 
It's interdimensional entities. And once again, this takes me back to the Bible in Revelations where it says, in the last days, our war will not be with flesh and blood. It will be with principalities. And this goes all the way back to Samaria, Mesopotamia, Heraclitus, Plato, Aristotle, and on up to Swedenborg and Rudolf Steiner, Carl Jung, and uh, right on up to today with Eckhart Tolle, which I'm, I'm going to make sure I have time to play this one by Eckhart Tolle because it's really good. But they're all talking and warning us about these interdimensional beings, whether it's the Gnostics calling the Archons, the Islamic people calling it the Jinn, the Christians call it demonic spirits. We need to take this stuff serious because civilizations have come and gone. They have fallen, collapsed because of this. And I could say this is in my point of view, but I really think that that's true. Um, because I, I've met enough human beings to know that the, the average human being left alone and uh, with no influence is a pretty good person. Uh, they'll help you if you need help. You know, they'll stop, pull over. and But some of the things that human beings do are unhuman. It's, it's beyond humanity. And so you've got these hybrid bloodlines. And, you know, um, one of the key things, if not the key thing, that has allowed humans to be enslaved or mass is to keep from us the nature of reality. You want the target population to believe in a solid world um, of enormous limitation and anything beyond it, anything what the five senses, beyond what the five senses can conceive, um, you are going to call the paranormal. You're going to trash it. You're going to ridicule anyone who talks about it. You're going to call them dangerous and all that. Because you don't want people to know how reality works. Because if they did, they'd start sussing things that they wouldn't otherwise uh, do. So you, you, you have a, because of that, when people like me come out and say, um, people have told me all over the world, their stories of seeing um, a person that appeared to be human, um, shape-shifting into a non-human, often reptilian, but not always, and then back again. Uh, this happens a lot, and it's, some of it's being caught on film. And if you go to band.video, go to David Icke's list and watch this interview, Sasha plays a, a uh, video that somebody caught on video, and it's, it's been analyzed by the best. And nobody can quite figure it out. And it's 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 a shift from a human being to some kind of an entity that rears up and collapses back in on the human. And I don't know. Some of this stuff is so hard to wrap my head around. And you have to be careful. You have to have some discernment here because uh, there's a lot of nonsense and just out and out bullshit out there. Uh, so you have to be a little bit careful, just a little bit of discernment. Okay, now we're going to go to, uh, I want to play this clip for you. It's with uh, Russell Brand and Eckhart Tolle, which really, uh, those are like used to be two worlds apart, but not so much anymore. And when you listen to what Eckhart Tolle has to say about what's going on and his perception of it, you'll see that People are waking up to all this. Uh, not, not that Eckhart Tolle wasn't awake to begin with, but uh, it's, it's a different perception, a different awakening when you start realizing what's going on. And I don't care how wise or how much you've, uh, you have your preaching or teaching or anything. It, 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 it changes everything when you start realizing the deeper truths. So this is Eckhart Tolle on the Russell Brand Show. You are doing absolutely fine because you're making a, I can see you're making a wonderful contribution to the 
uh, awakening of consciousness on the on the planet. Yes, and you've become more political in recent times, and that's fine, because the, yeah, even there, many things are so insane that they need to be questioned, uh, and that's fine. You don't become angry or aggressive. I've noticed, so that's a good thing. You remain conscious while you are questioning, and so and the. Mainstream media calls you conspiracy theorists, and that's a good sign that people should begin to listen to you. You must be doing something right if they call you conspiracy theorists. <laughs> <laughs> we are going through a period of increasing insanity in collectively. It's like an illness, collective illness, mental illness that's overtaken a significant section of humanity. Sometimes this happens. People go, not only individuals, but also collectives, they go through periods of insanity, <laughs> and this is uh, what we're moving into now, an area of great turbulence. The crisis point is also a great opportunity for moving out of the egoic state. It's been around for thousands of years, and it's had its function, it's fine, but coming to an end now, it's self-destructing. The ego <laughs> is about to self-destruct. <laughs> and so... And we can see that. As individuals, I, I know many individuals right now, their whole paradigm, their whole outlook of life is collapsing. And with that collapse is also the collapse of their egos, that their ego constructs that they've built up over years, uh, myself included, you know. But there's a big difference between that happening and not seeing it and that happening and seeing it and using it as a evolutionary tool. And I think that's what Eckhart Tolle is about talking about right now. And he's also talking collectively uh, as societies, civilizations, nations, uh, religious organizations. It's all looking very precarious at this point. We'll experience a great reset, but not in the way it's been planned by uh, certain uh, groups or organizations are taught they will be very surprised it should be a very different reset from the one that are that they may be planning <laughs> yes i see eckhart now the the significance of individual awakening and the impact that it can have on a culture particularly as it is evident that there is a unitary force of some kind unfolding unraveling even as we speak and that our our individual foundation, having a foundation on the permanent rather than the impermanent, temporal and ever-shifting, will be a great asset as these transitions continue to occur. Your function is to, uh, yes, to, to question many of these seemingly very unconscious or absurd things that are happening in the world. The uh, narratives that are being created that are uh, sometimes quite insane, uh, and uh, but you you question it without uh, um, without malice, without without, without demonizing uh, any group of people, and that's very important because if, if you see insanity manifesting in certain humans or groups of humans. If you demonize them, then you become drawn into the same state of conscience that they are in. As Nietzsche, the famous saying, I think Nietzsche said, if you gaze in, into the abyss for long enough, the abyss gazes back into you. <laughs> or, or if you find <laughs> monsters, be careful that you don't turn into a monster yourself. And it's also said in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, Arjuna was on the battlefield and the thing he was told is the most difficult thing about fighting a war is not becoming what you're fighting and ultimately becoming worse than what you're fighting. If you're fighting a monster on monster terms with monster parameters and you have to become more of a monster to win, it's, it's just the way it is. So we have to find a different way to Fight might not even be the right word. Fighting monsters. So that's, and you are quite successful in that. So I appreciate that. My mission is somewhat different. Uh, I don't, I very rarely, maybe never actually 
question specific things that I see as uh, manifestation of uh, irrational, totally irrational thinking or, or even insanity. It's a little bit like um, um, a good psychologist or psychiatrist, I believe, if if they are with a patient who believes in some delusion, let's say they believe that they are Napoleon, uh, a, a good psychiatrist or psychotherapist would not say, no, obviously you are not Napoleon, because you would immediately lose a connection with that person. Um, the enormity say yes you're right you are that would be wrong too to say yes you are napoleon of course you're napoleon no that's wrong too all a good psychotherapist would do is be in that state of openness perhaps ask questions and listen don't deny their reality because then you they will no longer communicate with you even if a human being is completely deluded in some kind of mental some kind of I, I totally deluded identity, for example. I would not question the identity because then I lose contact. There's no possibility for helping the, to awaken into awareness out of that. So I would simply uh, listen and ask questions, perhaps. Uh, and then there's a possibility that awareness may rise so that they're no longer trapped in dysfunctional or completely rational thought processes, mental mental patterns then there's a possibility of awakening but that's me because my i'm a midwife for <laughs> uh, the arising of awareness uh, and you are doing it in a more not not in such a direct way you're going you're going you're addressing individual instances of of madness or i don't well, we don't and this is where i'm i'm still working on this i'm a, i'm a work in progress if I'm talking to somebody and they say, well, and this has happened, where they say, well, I am a woman because I identify as a woman. Well, with some critical thinking and a little teeny bit of deductive reasoning, you could say something like, well, if you're a woman, uh, can you have a baby? Normally, that would stop the uh, conversation. But <laughs> no, now they say, yes, I can have a baby. Uh, because I'm identifying as being a woman. I just don't know how, maybe that's where Eckhart Tolle is coming from, and it pays to be a little little more wise than I am, because how, how can you even begin to interact in a Hegelian kind of a dialectic communication with people like that, when they're not being honest with themselves, and their their biggest thing is they want you to pretend with them. And I have a hard time pretending. I, I've, this is where I've sort of swayed away from most religious ideas and their dictates. You know, uh, when I wrote my book, To Believe or Not to Believe, the subtitle is The Social and Neurological Consequences of Belief Systems. I covered in there the Eucharist. And I didn't even think for a second that a priest actually believes that during the Eucharist they can turn water into wine. But they say, no, it actually is. It turns it, and the, the little cracker is actually the flesh of Jesus Christ. I, no one has ever been able to show me that that is actually true. But yet people line up in lines and take the flesh and drink the blood of Christ and never question that. And they're serious about it. They they want you to believe that. But I can't pretend like that. Uh, life is too much pretending for me just to get up every day and see how things are. Oh, whether, it's, whether it's madness or there's always the eternal question all the things that humans that are happening in the world now, what politicians are doing, what the media are doing, the, the, the eternal question that arises, um, are, they, are they evil or, or malevolent or are they just very stupid? There are two theories you can have. Let's, I mean, look at things that happened like 
the whole thing, just you get countless examples, Iraq, invasion of Iraq, the whole story of Afghanistan, just do, do they, is there some evil plot behind it all? That's what some, many people believe. They say it's all been planned. Everything, it's, they've been plan, planning it all along. That's one way of looking at it. Uh, my way of, I, I would be more inclined to say, um, well, to, to be polite, one could say they're very unconscious, but to be more blunt, one would say it's, they're just stu plain stupid. The, what they do is they make so little sense and is so absurd it can only be, no, but what kind of stupid is that? Because these people, they have, they probably, they all have their university degrees, I suppose. Most of these politicians and media people, they have university degrees. Um, so it's not necessarily stupid in the sense of not intelligent enough. There's a deeper stupid than that. And that's a complete lack of wisdom. Wisdom is what we need. And wisdom arises out of awareness. Wisdom is not uh, the improvement of... We do not arrive at wisdom through improving conceptual thinking or, or knowledge. More knowledge doesn't give you more wisdom. Uh, to be able to, to think conceptually in a better way doesn't give you more wisdom. Wisdom uh, transcends that. Wisdom is... Uh, a deeper intelligence that arises out of awareness that can look at the totality of the situation and see what the right course of action is rather than attack just one thing and think that's what we need to do there how the world I think this is where in books like Stranger in a Strange Land he talks about grokking it's, it's a different way to really, really understand something at a deeper level. I, I've always thought of what Eckert's talking about right now is you can have this much intelligence, say, up to a graph of 100, and you can have 10% of spirituality. Well, as your spirituality goes over here to your intelligence, you have 10% of that intelligence is wisdom. So as the level of your spirit comes up, your level of wisdom comes up. And I noticed this too when I started reading Gurdjieff and Ospensky books. It's like I reread every book I have ever read in the past. And it, it turned cogs in my mind that really, really had never been turned before. So we're going to... If you again, if you want to, you can pull this up on YouTube and watch the whole thing. But just wanted you to hear a little bit about what uh, people like Eckhart Tolle is talking about, and he also talks about interdimensional entities and the need for us to really start paying attention. Okay, now uh, we're getting towards the end of the program. I, I probably should have played this at first and let, leave you with a little bit of an upbeat kind of a, a thing, but. Uh, this is important because I tell you, you can go out there, you can do a lot of things. Uh, and it bothers me, it disturbs me, it makes me uncomfortable, frustrated. But when you start attacking children and cutting off their breasts and cutting off their genitals and doing God knows what in some of these uh, orphanages and the kids that are coming across the border, 750 kids a month comes across the border and they're disappearing into the system and many of them cannot be tracked. We know what's happening. I mean, wake up, people. We, we don't even have to pretend anymore. There's plenty enough evidence out there. This you might find interesting too. Interesting? Eh, it's probably not the exact word. This summer, Chloe Cole spoke out against California's passing of SB 107, testifying that both her and her parents were manipulated and bullied by the state to undergo destructive, life-changing surgeries. 
And while Florida bans puberty blockers and so-called sexual reassignment surgeries for minors, California Governor Gavin Newsom signs a bill allowing children from any state in the country to go to California for transgender medical procedures without parental consent. California is being hailed by the death cult as a transgender surgery sanctuary state, now providing chemical and surgical castrations for all of America's children. According to this new law, California can take emergency jurisdiction over any child from anywhere if there's a disagreement between the parent and the state of California over how to treat a child's gender distress. SB 107 states that taking a child away from the child's parents is justifiable if it is done to pursue gender transition procedures in California and allows for the state to wage child custody claims against out-of-state parents. SB 107 forbids healthcare providers from providing medical information related to gender identity procedures to a child's parent, even if sought under a subpoena. After permanently mutilating her own adopted child, Kathy Molig has been working full-time for California nonprofit Trans Family Support Services, where she reaches out to hundreds of children all across the country, luring them to California to castrate themselves. She often does so without the parents' knowledge. I work with a lot of youth um, before they tell their families and, and helping them in shaping what that looks like. Her work focuses on conservative communities where parents may not approve of having their children castrated. We have kids coming from all over the country for our virtual groups. We also opened a chapter in Huntsville, Alabama, because the people in red states really need as much support as they can get from us allies, in particular in states like California and Oregon and Washington. For whatever reason, people are allowing this incredibly evil attack against their own children. And recently, Lara Logan interviewed a UN insider who explained to her why children are the biggest target. I Now listen to Laura Logan here. She has really been a, an excellent reporter for many, 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 many years. But I, I completely understand where she's coming from. You can do a lot of things, but when it comes to children, we have to draw the line. And if, if you're not one of the people who can draw the line, and you think I, I shouldn't be talking about this stuff, well, I don't care. I don't care. What I care about is the children. I mean, my God. Get it, but I don't get it. The children. You just, you got to, I still have, I have such a problem with this. You got to explain this one to me. And he said, um, well, first of all, you're looking at it the wrong way. I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, they don't define children the way you do. They don't define the world the way you do. The choices that you face are not their choices. Right. They have a, they look at it completely differently. And uh, and I said, well, OK, so how do they look at it? And he said, for them, everything is defined by their one fundamental all consuming purpose. I said, which is what he said to defeat God for them. The younger you are, the closer you are to God, the more pain they can inflict on God. So the more you can make a baby or a small child suffer, the greater your victory over God. And that is the only consideration for them. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. So, I mean, how can you begin to wrap your head around that? Um, there's actually, in Boston, there was a hospital where they're actually doing surgeries, uh, removing 14-year-old and younger girls' breasts. And um, I don't know, people. Uh, how did we get here and where is this heading? That, that's the real question at this point. Where is this heading? And uh, another thing to look up, I don't think we're going to have time to cover it, is the, the latest crypto... FTX, I think, 
when you look at that and what's happening, that's uncovering everything from the, this porno star in Ukraine that's pretending to be the president right now, uh, dropping bombs on his own people and getting billions and billions of dollars of our tax money to do it. I, uh, and the, the money from this particular cryptocurrency, it's out in the open now. The money was being funneled in, all of our hard-earned money that you know we're thinking we're going to put into a, an investment. It's being taken out the back door and given to $30 million was given to the uh, Democratic Party that we know of. Um, just look this guy up, uh, Bankman. Bankman Freed, Fried is how it's spelled. Uh, that lineage goes all the way back to this other character that goes back to another character that goes back to Jeffrey Epstein. This is all linked for child sacrificing, child pornography, human trafficking, sex trafficking. And guess who else is involved in this? It, it's the Biden family. I mean, like it or not, uh, facts are facts. And when you look at some of the pictures that was in the laptop from hell, you understand right away why they call it the laptop from hell, because it is. I mean, he, he was living in a virtual hell. And I know he's an addict, so we're supposed to give him a little bit of latitude. That's bullshit. We shouldn't give him any latitude at all because he's out there making important decisions with his dad and getting our country compromised with, with the Communist Chinese Party. We know it. You know it. We need to start admitting it. And as scary as it is, start dealing with this. And they're going to. They're going to. Because this latest crypto thing is collapsing everything. Uh, everything. Everything. Fortunately, I didn't put, I put $300 in Dogecoins once. It's worth $67 now. But I know people that lost a lot of money on Bitcoin and everything else. And then you start looking at people like uh, organizations like Fidelity. Fidelity Life is a, a trillion dollar company. They're in, they're in control of trillions of dollars. They invested heavily in Bitcoin. And now it's coming up. Why did you risk people's money, and now it's just about gone, uh, on something like Bitcoin. Well, it wasn't to make money. It was because they're compromised at the highest level. I, I know good and well what happened. They got a phone call from people saying, hey, guess what we have? We have a video of you down at Jeffrey Epstein's island with young kids. Um you need to do something here. You need to invest in this cryptocurrency. And I'm, I'm not just sort of talking about this off the top of my head. This is paperwork and investigation and research that people are doing, emails that are coming out. I mean, this is getting to be no secret. And dang it, I'm going to have to sign off. There were some other things I wanted to show you and talk about, but it'll have to wait. Hope you enjoyed this program. And if you want to make a donation, we do have a donation page at lowdisguide.com forward slash donations. I'm not being supported by the pharmaceutical companies or any rich billionaires. And I'm just doing this um, the best I can, just using my voice as small as it might be, just to put some information out there. You know, there's a saying, I think it was Socrates, that said, when a giant tree falls down, it makes an enormous sound, a crashing sound when it falls. But when seeds are planted and as they're growing, they're very, very quiet. But in a short amount of time, they're just as big as that big tall tree because it's laying down on the ground. And right now we can all plant seeds by talking to our friends, talking to our families, and trying to wake people up to what's going on. And trying not to be judgmental and uh, remember, forgive them for they know not what they do. These people are walking zombies. And uh, I, I see some of them in, in my social circles and even in my family. And um, there's not too much you can do about it except just leave them alone and hope they wake up.
But for now, this is going to have to do it. So we'll see you in a couple of weeks. And thank you very much for tuning in. And if you want to get in touch with me, it's Rahasia, R-A-H-A-S-Y-A at USA.com. Take care. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks.